0: How many of you are doing this on a daily basis? Yeah, well, wait till you hear this next story. It might change your mind that we know that this, in fact, causes brain tumors, right? Glioblastoma is happening in young kids today. And this story proves what the science is already showing. The fastest cancers are brain tumors and brain cancers, especially in the younger generation. But I don't think that we change this until we hear a story like this. Well, this is a real story, and you'll see how the perfect storm changed this young man's life, but now he's changing lives. So this is an episode you're not going to want to watch. You better share this one. You better make your kids watch it, because that generation is the one who's doing most of this. So stay tuned.
1: welcome to Cellular Healing TV, I'm Ashley Smith and today we welcome Logan Sneed, an incredible stage four glioblastoma brain tumor survivor, who wrote the number one best-selling book, Thank You Cancer. Logan has conquered the odds and achieved the impossible. He's here to talk about how the worst things we have to go through in life can actually be a gift to us by forcing us to create the best versions of ourselves how transforming your mind and your diet can increase longevity, fight off disease, and create a new you. Logan is a perfect example of how the power of the mind shifts our perspective and can save your own life. And to top it off, Logan has gained all of this incredible wisdom by the age of 23. Wow. So let's get started and welcome Logan Sneed and of course, Dr. Pompa to the show. Welcome both of you.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Pompa, for having me on here. I've heard nothing but Great things about this, and uh, I'm really
0: excited to be on here. Well, I'm excited to have you. I, I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram, but I, I watched some of your inspirational messages that you have, and they're always really oh, wow. good. Yeah, oh, so you. you know, so, so we need to give your, uh, what, what is it, Facebook or Instagram I see you most on? I think Instagram.
2: Yeah, def- I would say definitely Instagram, yeah, for
0: sure. Based on your age, I would say Instagram. But anyway, it's, it's like <laughs> your posts do pop up, and they always intrigue me. Um, Yeah. So I I have to say, you know, you you have a great message. Being 23 years old, uh, one of the only ways to have a great message is to have great adversity, which you did. So let's start there. You know, first of all, I want you to tell your story, but what was it like being diagnosed with cancer? Because that sets up, you know, your story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of taking some steps forward, being diagnosed with brain cancer, brain cancer, especially um, was really like, it's almost like visualize yourself, you know, walking out of a room, suddenly you're walking into this room. And then in probably five minutes, your life is completely changed forever. And you walk out feeling like you added probably 200 pounds on your back. And you feel lost, you feel destroyed, you feel destroyed, like everything. That's what that felt like. And so going back into the time leading up to this, Um, it was just a random day. It was, it was a great day. I was actually in one of the best moods I think I've ever had in my life. And I was like, man, I'm feeling great today. It's going to be a new new dream, new, whatever, whatever. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym. And, uh, I was in such a good mood that I was like, you know what? I'm going to FaceTime my girlfriend, just tell her hello and see how she's doing. And, uh, and by the way, I've never FaceTimed and driven my car at the same time, never in my entire life until this one day. Um, and so I was FaceTiming her and I was like, Oh, Hey babe, hope you're doing well. Like I'm I'm going to the gym, hope your day's going great. And suddenly I started slurring. Like I, I I couldn't say what I wanted to say. And she thought I was like playing a joke. And so she started laughing and, you know, I, I, it was like the the words right here in my tongue and I I couldn't get them out. And so, um, suddenly as, as she's seeing me on the phone, as I'm driving, I start seizing and I've never had a seizure in my entire life. I've never like, I've never I, mean, I knew what they were, but I never even like thought of anything about them. And so I was having a seizure and obviously she's freaking out as she's witnessing this stuff. Thankfully it it drove off the road into
0: a ditch um, and there was no damage to the car, no injury. I, I see why you said you never FaceTime before, because if you weren't FaceTiming, I mean, you know, who knows, right? I mean, meaning that she yeah. knew that this was going on, praise God. But go ahead. And
2: and, and, and thank you for saying that, because I think every single podcast. I have ever been on it's been like oh my gosh why are you like where are you facetiming? I said well hold on you don't actually get it if I wasn't facetiming I don't think I'd be on the podcast it might be dead (laughs) so yeah so she she called the ambulance because she knew where I where I was going and everything and they took me out and they um they obviously had to analyze and so in the hospital you know I don't remember any of this stuff I was just knocked out and knocked unconscious and then voila I'm in the hospital and so my they my parents came in and they said okay what's going on with your son? Do you know, like, is he doing any drugs or anything? And they were like, no, gosh, no, he's never done drugs in his life. And so, uh, you know, they drug test me, nothing. They like, okay, has he ever had this? And, you know, they're like, no. And so like, okay, we have no idea what's going on here, but we'll have to figure this out. And so they said, we may have to do an MRI because something could be in there. And so
0: what happened was is they, it was kind of like a- By the way, you never had one symptom, no headaches. The typical brain tumor symptoms, you had never had before this?
2: Okay. So I'll I'll elaborate on a little bit later on. Yes. I had significant symptoms of severe headaches every day for six years. And I'm going to be straight with you that I thought that headaches were like normal. I thought everyone just had a headache and Advil and it's gone. Now Advil never worked for me ever, but I just kind of sucked it up every day and just said, yeah, headaches are normal. Um, But I had that every single day for six okay, years.
0: we'll get back to that because there's a yeah. lot of
2: teaching points there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But that that was the only thing. Like, that was the only symptom. It was not like horrific, crazy things at all. And so, yeah, so the next day it led to an MRI. And so going into this MRI, I still was kind of blowing this off like it was a bunch of nothing. Really, it's just, I'm all good. My mom was basically shaking 24-7. Um, my dad was as well. And so I come out of the MRI Then they start sending it to a neurologist. And the neurologist, the next day we met up with him. He said, Okay, looking at this, you know, it looks like there's a mass in your brain. He said, I can't tell you if it's a if it's a tumor. I can't tell you if it's just a mass that can just sit there and that's it. But we're gonna have to look more into this. And he said, This is definitely big enough that I would really recommend brain surgery. And I wanna I wanna hook you up with the surgeon that you guys can chat with tomorrow. So the next day, again, this is all within less than a week. The next day I'm going to meet up with this brain surgeon here in Austin. And as soon as I meet up with this guy, as soon as I walk into his office, or excuse me, as soon as he walks in, uh, he goes, hey, uh, Logan, it's good to meet you. Hey, real quick, but um, I want to let you know that if we're going to be doing a brain surgery um, at where your, your, your tumor or your, your mass is located, um, you probably won't be able to speak or hear after this surgery. So I just want to kind of give you that warning before we go into this. I'm like, well, geez. I mean, first off, I don't know the guy's name. Okay. He's saying surgery. I probably won't be able to speak for a gear after this surgery. Um, and this is all within like less than a week. And I'm like, wow, I'm gonna be borderline mute, basically is what that is. And so
0: why do you think he started with that statement instead of like just hearing your story? Like, why would you start there? I mean, was oh, he to blow you out? I mean, what
2: I, I have no idea. And here you'll you'll hear something crazy with that, right? Like the guy. A brain surgery, right? When when somebody has a mass in their brain, whether they know if it's a tumor or whatever, they need to get it out as soon as possible. Especially when it's huge. Like mine was a perfect egg, is what it was. Perfect egg. That's exactly what the picture looked like. And when something's that big in somebody's brain, it needs to be out immediately. And he said he said word for it. He said, "Uh, so real quick, you know, I I won't be able to do the surgery, you know, tomorrow or the next day. It's gonna have to be probably about two weeks. I'm I'm going on vacation with my family, um, but I'll be back. And we're like, oh my." like is this guy serious so we left there and thankfully my parents don't have the mindset of saying like oh yeah yeah yo yeah, he's probably right they said you know what we're we're, we're not going to work with that guy like there's there's yeah. got to be somebody out there who's better because like geez he's got one of the most like serious jobs in the world and he can't even like my life's on the line and he's basically just like putting in 50 percent effort basically so we get connected with the number one brain surgeon in the world, Dr. Raymond Sawaya. This guy is a—he's a—he's a machine. So we go in there, and I say, "Hey, Dr. Sawaya, um, am I going to be able to speak or right after this surgery?" I, I want to just be straight up with it. And he said, "Logan, he said, dude, if I'm doing the surgery, don't sweat it. I got you. You're going to be fine." What and I was doing? like, "I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, wow." I'm like, wow. I, I was like, "Hey, doc, like, I'm not going to name this guy's name, but he literally told me the complete opposite." They said, you guys have the same exact job, the same life is on the line, and you're giving me two completely different answers. And I said, I'm happy with your answer, but I was like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> so anyways, you know, that, that gave me confidence, okay? It gave me hope in the sense of like going into this of like, all right, okay, if, if we got to get brain surgery, let's do it. So the next day, like as soon as, soon as we met up with this guy, and, and this is what's different too, the other surgeon said two weeks are fine for us to wait. This surgeon said, no, we have to have surgery tomorrow morning. Be here tomorrow morning at five thirty in the morning. We're gonna have to get this thing out, and
0: I'm like, oh my gosh! I mean, everything was way opposite. I mean, way opposite. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And like, so can I, can I sleep in till seven. No way. The other guy two weeks.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so that led to in that day, it was more of like I was doing trial and errors tests, and I was basically doing almost a workout at the cancer center, MD Anderson. I was doing like a, all these workouts, like how I can function everything, and so that meant next day brain surgery. It was a seven to eight hour brain surgery. Um, They woke me up in the middle of the surgery to ask me questions to see if I could still speak or hear. Um, Because for those that are curious, the tumor was at the temporal lobe in the brain, which is linked to the speaking and hearing capability. Um, So surgery was phenomenal. I was able to speak and hear the whole time. Um, He removed 100% of the tumor. It wasn't 95%. It wasn't 97. It was 100% of the tumor. Um, And I was confident. I was like, cool, tumor's gone. Let's move on. Life is still going. And, uh, two weeks later, obviously we had to wait for diagnosis. We go into the room, um, waiting for the doctor to come in. Uh, this doctor comes in and it's very eerie, eerie, like energy she's giving off. Like super, like she didn't even want to make eye contact with me. Um, and so right then and there, I'm like, okay, something's really just like not right here. And, uh, obviously my parents sensed that. And so she said, she kind of sat down kind of looked down went you know, kind of scratched her head, goes like this. And then, uh, you know, Logan, I'm really sorry, but you know this is going to be a stage four, you know glioblastoma brain tumor, um, and it kind of looks like that you have about one to ten years left to live. Um, and I'm really sorry to say this, but we, there's nothing that we're we're going to be able to do about this. Um, you know, we'll try the chemotherapy. You know, we're going to try radiation, but it's um, really about all we can do. And I'm I'm really sorry to tell you that. And so in my head, right there, then that's another one shot to the chest of like, oh my god, like okay, so I'll be dead here pretty soon. Um, I'm gonna take up time, space, money, energy. Like, like, what's the point of of even being alive? Like, I feel useless. Like, it's just no point. And so, right then and there, obviously, I felt I felt done. Um, And we go into this. My parents are like, they stay very calm, very very strong. Okay, I gotta give them that. And my dad goes, okay, well, you know, thank you for the diagnosis, everything. But what, like, can we do something about it? Like, is there anything besides chemo and radiation that we can maybe bring into play? Maybe. Food he should or should not eat just I don't know anything maybe I don't know cut out some some sugars or or eat more broccoli like anything and she goes I'm sorry you know there's nothing we can do and he goes okay well hold on he said this word for word he said so you're telling my son that you know he can go have a beer and a burger and that's it and we can't do anything about it and she goes yes sir that's that's what I'm telling your son and I'm like I'm like, wow, I feel like, I, again, some, my life is on the line. I'm talking to somebody and there's no answer. So, what's the point of your job? What's the point of my life here? That I left there, again, what I was saying is I added 200 pounds onto my back. That's when my life changed forever. Um, and obviously, when that happened at first, it was the most horrific things I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I'll vividly remember every single second of that. Yeah. But, right, yeah. so in, the, in, that, in that time period, in those like maybe, it was probably about five to eight weeks, you know, I was still thinking, I'm like, what can I do? I'm like, there's something more, there's something more. I was like, there's got to be something out there. I don't know what it is, but there's got to be something. Okay, so my diet was getting a little bit better. I can elaborate on my diet before, um, and how it's changed. But I'll kind of elaborate on this, I was eating, you know, I went from white bread, you know, wheat bread, to now Ezekiel bread, because I thought bread, and I thought those things were like, really essential. So I had Ezekiel bread, right? I had like, you know, I went from, you know, egg whites too. I was like, okay, well, maybe they bring in some eggs because I think omega-3 is good, right? So little things. Then one day I was uh, down here in Austin paddleboarding with a friend of mine who's actually like one of my biggest life mentors. And uh, he said, Logan, he said, have you, have you heard of this ketogenic diet? And I said, I was like, no, I was like, what is that? And he was like, well, I was just in Hawaii and there's a whole community of people there who actually do this like every single person there does this. And they've done it all their, and they're all their lives. And they're all through ancestors and family and everything. And he was like, it's, it's a high fat, medium protein, low carb diet. And he said, it's really interesting because there's been recent research on glioblastoma tumors specifically in potentially shrinking or preventing tumor regrowth. And I was like, whoa, I was like, wait, hold on. I was like, really? And he was like, Thomas, yeah. It's uh, Thomas Seyfried's book. Uh, no, I didn't okay. actually. I had, I had no clue. I had no clue who he oh. was. Anybody, yeah. um and this was you know this is almost four years ago. So this is when keto was like a bunch of nothing, right? It yeah. was like, I mean, it was very very
0: new. And but so I was, was like, the, I, was, I was teaching keto five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> before, yeah, know, that's that's it's, the it's crazy. Now one. in vogue. It's now in vogue. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. So I was like, wow. I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I went home that day. I stayed up till 3 a.m. just searching the ketogenic diet, and I watched probably every video you can think of online. And I was like, okay. I And I was reading it because here's the thing too, in that day that I had the seizure was actually my day one of a journey of lowering body fat percentage to start shredding down, seeing more lean muscle. Um, Because I always had a mindset of getting like really swole. I was like, I'm going to just load up on carbs, like boom, 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 like 4,000 calories, protein, sugar smoothies, like crazy. Um, And I saw in this, in the results that people can get from keto, you can shred body fat. And I was like, whoa, I was like, wait, shred body fat. Like, okay. I can feel amazing in my, in my brain and my energy. And then I can like potentially prevent cancer from coming back. I'm like, Whoa. So that next day I went full throttle, 100%. I I, I didn't become a master in one day and I, I wouldn't say I still am a master, but I literally went full throttle and it's been four years and absolutely no tumor regrowth. And, um, it's been such a journey of things getting better and realizing that these things have actually been a huge gift in my life. So,
0: Yeah. That, that's incredible. I have to ask this question, right? You know, especially regarding your age, what side did you always put your cell phone on? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we know glioblastomas are linked to EMF exposure, and so many young people are getting them now like never before. So, yeah, you know, I mean, that's why we, when we buy a phone, we actually check and we agree. When we hit agree, um, that we're agreeing that we know that there's research linking yeah. cell phones against our head to tumors on, you know, that side. So, I mean, did you use the left side? I think you said left. Yeah, left side.
2: Okay. So here's the thing, right? The question was, how did this tumor come about? Doctors said, word for word, we have no idea. This is not, this is not in your DNA. I'm sorry. We don't know. So yes, I would do hour long phone calls in middle school and early high school, you know, with girlfriends up till 3am in the morning with the phone like this to my head. On or, the left side, and I would just yeah. lay down like that on on the bed. That's it. Oh. Makes it super easy, super simple, or, and I would or. do that
0: for hours on end. People and, listening, uh, use speakerphone. Distance is your friend. You know, even if you were here, you'd have a better odd. But the fact you were laying on it, I mean, of course, like, oh yeah.
2: man. And oh. It like, it's even like AirPods, right? Like, as I'm on here, oh I'm yeah, AirPods. I
0: tested them. They're, they're yeah. they have to be wide. Those AirPods are like thousands of times higher when we know cellular damage i haven't measured i proved it to my kids you know at a certain point, 0.5 dna damage starts to happen and we were a thousand two thousand full above that when they put an ear pod and they all stopped yeah after that it's crazy oh man i, I it's it's unbelievable I, I mean just that your message i mean you've got to get this message out I mean, that's obviously why you're on the show You know, but what a what a difference! I mean, you were willing to change your diet, which obviously there's research showing, right? I mean, cancer—you know—these cells will multiply uh, if they feed on uh, sugar, right? It's like so. It wasn't like sugar led to your diet. It's the—it's always a perfect storm. EMF exposure, feeding bad cells, right, creating more bad cells, and of course, the you know the perfect storm occurs. Yeah, I mean, elaborating with that, it's almost like you take all the variables, you put it together. It
2: was. So the tumor was six years old. It was in my brain for six years, and I had no idea. And suddenly the seizure was that one day that we found out. But six years before the diagnosis, I had a traumatic injury in a basketball game where it was a long story short, but I was, I was taking a charge. And so I was like trying to block the guy from dunking. And he elbowed me on maybe on accident. I don't know. Elbowed me. And then as I'm coming down, my head's going down on the ground. And boom, his foot is smashed right into my head. Um, My eye was swollen shut for a week and um, it was a traumatic injury. And then over the years, I've had scars and stitches here up on the left side of my face, um, which has also been a potential, you know, starting point of that tumor. And then obviously adding to that, I would, I would have severe inflammation all of the time, not only because of the amount of sugars and carbohydrates I was eating, but with the amount of training that I was doing, I was doing two to three workouts a day, every single day for an entire year and then years upon end. And then I was doing poor recovery. I was like, all right, I need six hours of sleep. No more. That's it. I'm getting up at 5 a.m. Um, so just severe inflammation with severe stress
0: on a daily basis with the EMF and all those things. I-, I want people to hear this because see, this is one of the things I train on, right? It's always the perfect storm, you know, meaning that why doesn't everybody get uh, brain tumors? Well, it's, it's because it's a perfect storm. Meaning, physical, chemical, emotional stress. And if you remember the movie, it's three storms come together and a catastrophic storm occurs, right? And if it was two storms, it's a bad storm, right? You might have headaches without a lot of brain tumor. But when it's three, man, the the bottom falls out. Catastrophe, right? And mm-hmm. that's exactly what I see day in, day out when I deal with very, very sick and challenged people. So you had you were overtraining. That's a physical stress, right? And and your body doesn't know the difference of physical chemical or emotional stress the emf is it's a wavelength stress right i mean it's similar to a toxin it's a chemical stress and of course the standard american toxic diet so we have chemicals toxins we have physical stress i don't even know the emotional stress that was going on in your life but it didn't matter because you already had three storms and then you had the emf massive exposure three storms bam yeah diagnosis will come right so you know people have well, you know, we find that people have cavitations where they have wisdom tooth pulled out on the side where they get cancer, breast cancer, brain tumors. You know, that could be part of a storm. Root canals, silver fillings, yeah. metal, which creates part of a perfect storm. And then they put their cell phone there. You know, I mean, these perfect storms, my point is it could be many, many different things. Many different. Yeah. Things.
2: Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want people to hear. All right. Well, you know, this is a, an important point, though. So what what's the difference between you and the person who just goes in, even with the first guy and says, okay, you know, two weeks, all right, doc, you know, it's like where are you are going, no way, right? I mean, that would have been me, yeah. no way. You know, so what, what's the difference? Or, you know, what's the difference of you and someone who goes, wait a minute, wait, a minute. you know, your family just start asking questions about cause, you know, but then there's other people who just go, oh, okay. You know, I am just on one yeah. because that's what doctors think. What what do you think the difference was? Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I I will say this, I've always had that mindset of like, you know, pushing to be my own, like, you know, really pushing beyond my limits in many different facets of, you know, athletics, sports. I've always had that my whole life. And I think I think what what it really was is that we were like, you know, okay, this doctor may not be an idiot, but like I don't think the doctor can tell me when I'm gonna be dead. Okay, like like a doctor's not going to determine my life. And I think that's what really sparked it is like a doctor, like the doctor's saying, I'll be dead. And I, I don't have that mindset of like listening to somebody who's going to tell me that because I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset where I, I never, ever, ever wanted to work for somebody. I always wanted to be my own, like my own CEO, my own entrepreneur, all of those sort of things. And I was like, well, hold on. Okay. Now I want to be an entrepreneur. Okay. Now this person's, threatening my life basically that i'll be dead soon so i'm really like i'm really pissed off Um, and that's as simple as what it was i got really upset like i didn't get upset like emotionally i got upset like i got super mad about it and because i got mad about it it gave me i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna go figure it out like forget that like it's going to happen
0: by the way i call you a three percenter and when they interview people who beat a brain tumor cancer even change the world for anything Mm -hmm. when they're interviewing these people they say exactly what you just said. They said I made a decision in that moment mm. that I'm not going to be that. That's what you just said. I made yeah. a decision in that moment that you know you were going to do whatever it takes. You're not going to believe that person. You're not going to let that person dictate your life, and you were going to beat this. I'm telling you, that's the that's the mindset of a three percent or ninety seven percenters. They go, oh my gosh, you know, and they take it on. They take yeah. the diagnosis on. They don't, you know, they're defeated in it you know, and they make a decision to die, you know, it's yeah. like they make a decision to listen to their fear, right? Which is calling out, you know, but I always say this when I, when I teach on that 3%, 97%, 3% are still go through times of fear, but we choose yeah. otherwise 3% are still go. Oh my gosh. You know, what were some of those moments in your life, you know, or in this, you know, journey, I should say, uh, that you went through discouragement you know, and, you know, doubt, and maybe even, maybe I will die. Did you have those moments?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I definitely, so I'll, I'll explain this, right. Stress was a huge thing in my life. I mean, ever since I've been born, right. Like I think everyone has that. And I, I definitely went through a time of like when I, when keto was so new, okay. It was brand new. I mean, I say brand new, at least like for the, for the world almost, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was brand new. And I was posting so much on social media and it got to a point where I was getting so much social media hate people were like you're scamming people. This is this, you know, this diet is ridiculous. Like, I don't know what the heck you're telling people to the fat here makes no sense. And I was getting like comment after comment after comment. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, this is horrible. Like it, it hurt me. Like it hurt my heart. And so I was like, maybe I was like, maybe they're right. Like, maybe I should just stop doing this. And I don't know. I, I, I almost listened to it, but obviously I didn't, you know, and I've gotten these other times where, you know, people say, well, If you do what you're doing all the time, if you if if you keep fasting like that, you're you're, you know you're gonna starve yourself, and if if you keep doing keto with that, that, you know you're really destroying your 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 muscles and your body and yada yada yada. And so, at first, I definitely was like rethinking things, but then I'm like, you know what? Hold on. Like, I mean, I was like, you know, life is never gonna give me a path where there's no you know obstacles like that. And in order for me to get from point A to point Z where I want to go, I have to go through that, or I can run from it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go through that. And hey you know, God forbid it doesn't work. And I die tomorrow by getting hit by a bus. So be it. It is what it is. I'm doing everything I possibly can. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like those things definitely happened, but I use those things
0: and I just kept my tunnel vision of where I really want my life to go. Yeah. You said another thing, three percenters say, you know, you just, a lot of people just, they want to go around adversity and hard things. You said, I just, mm. I just knew you had to go through it, you know, and, yeah. and you did. And, and that's how you come out the other side, uh, like you are. Right, a better person. You know, tell us, yeah. you know, about that transition. You know, in your mindset. I mean, obviously, you had the transition, and at one point, so this is a gift, and not only a gift, the greatest gift in my life, because that's what happened through my illness. You know, is there was times, as I was saying, where it was very hard going through it. There was times where I doubted maybe I, you know, I'm not going to get better. Right, but you know, ultimately, at a certain point, I made a decision to get better. And I stuck to that, but I also made a decision that in a realization that this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. As a matter of fact, I needed this to even be here today. You know, Mm. I need that. How did that transition look for you?
2: Yeah. So it was like, so I'll I'll, I'll elaborate, right? My diet back then, I thought that eating straight carbs in just 4,000 calories, I thought that was the proper way of doing things. And I thought that's how you got, you know, swole, you got healthy. Right. And so I thought I thought fasting, I thought that was like the worst thing that you could possibly do. I was like the last person you could ever expect that would ever do fasting. Mm-hmm. But there was a calling of like, okay, either you want to die or you want to do something different. And I said, Okay, I would rather do something different. So I did a one eighty. Right. Now I'm at this one eighty and I'm in this route here. And I'm like, wow, okay. Things are different for sure. And I said, again, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to make it work. And what kept the consistency and what kept that vision is a quote that goes, it always seems impossible until it is done by Nelson Mandela. Until you actually do it, it, it'll always be be impossible in your mind. But until you actually do it, you won't actually know. And so I I saw that. And I think some of the things that give me the confidence, the consistency, and how I felt is every time I go into these MRI check-ins, for the past four years, every single time, it's been the same exact answer. Hey Logan, it looks great. Nothing here. We'll see you in four months. Great doc. We'll see you then. You know, and I keep coming back, and I keep coming back, and I keep coming back. Hey doc, here's the answers. Hey doc, this is what it is. And I know by what I'm eating, not only does it taste great, but I feel great, and it's giving me great results. So by continued work ethic, I'm seeing actual results, right? It's not even like results that I'm thinking about. Of course, I'm always very confident about what I think, but I'm seeing the results. I see a picture of my brain. Wow. Just big hole there still. No problem. We'll see you then. And that's what keeps it really, really
0: seeing the results. What did they say? Because I mean, and what did, did you ever speak to the doctor who said one to 10 years? Uh, You know, what was um, you know, what was their comments about that? I mean, here you are.
2: Yeah. Well, we actually did not speak to them. She actually, okay. This is another funny story. We didn't actually try and get this doctor fired by any means. We just gave it a word of saying, hey, this is how the diagnosis went. This is her tone. This is how she acted. And this is everything. Like, we're not trying to fire her. We just want you to know so this doesn't happen to, you know, a million other clients you may work with. I don't know. And so they actually almost fired her. They had a huge board of director, you know, meeting. We never chatted with her again. The other doctors, yeah. right? The other doctors, they said, not one of them, okay, not one of them has said, wow, that's interesting. Let me note this down here for real quick. And I'll, I'll you know, we'll look more into this. Not, not a single one of them. They said, huh, okay,
0: all right, let's well, keep doing your thing, that's it. Yeah, they they think you're. They first thought you were unlucky and now they just think you're lucky. That's it, I mean, honestly, exactly. that, 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 that's the mindset. How much fasting did you do? I mean, you know, obviously I'm a big proponent of fasting. Um, how long of fasting, how often, daily fasting, longer fast?
2: Yeah, so when I started keto, right, at first it was really not, it really wasn't was it fast. I didn't, I didn't know fasting was part of it, so I did a fat coffee and then two meals a day. Then over time, I went into the 16-8 where I just had a black coffee and then two meals a day. And then now it took me into the sense of like, I was like, all right, 18 hours. So now I, now I did 18, uh, 18 hours and then two meals a day. Then I got to a point over the past year is where I do about 20 to 22 hours. Um, so I did, and I still do probably about one and a half meals a day, if
0: that makes any sense. Um, and so now my fasting... That's, windows, what I, that's what I do most of my days. I mean, some days I just eat one meal, but I do yeah. one and a half, and I, I typically eat that in a four-hour window, three hours Yeah, minute. Yeah,
2: exactly. That, that's where I'm at now, is like anywhere from 18 to 21 hours is usually my fasting window, um, and that's what I do every day now, and I feel great, and you look back then, and you, you'd never think that I would do any of this stuff, ever.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, man, I mean, obviously, you know, God has a calling in your life. I mean, I, I see it clearly, and, uh, you know, this the story is playing out with younger people your age and that's what scares the heck out of me, man. You know, but again, <laughs> it's hard for me to impact that generation. Right? Yeah. You have been called uh, to bring your story to that generation. You really have, you know. Because, Thank you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, and it's a message, you know, I, I mean, my book talks all about this, right? It's where you have to, you know, literally get our bodies burning at different fuel. Most Americans are stuck as sugar burners only. And the cells can mm. use sugar or fat, but they're stuck as sugar burners, which leads to cancer. and leads to yeah. other health problems, obviously, hormone problems. But we add this new cell phone problem uh, to this equation, and it, this is really becoming a, a massive epidemic. So, you know, looking ahead with what I just said, you know, what, what, what is your aspirations and goals uh, to bring this message uh, to more people? Yeah, I mean,
2: my goal is to create the best version of myself is what I call it, right? Happy, healthy, wealthy, creating the best version of myself. So that's mindset, that's diet, that's habits, it's environment, belief, everything. And if I'm doing that, I want to show the world what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And if they see what I'm doing and how it's working for me, that could help them change their own life. That could help them see what's possible. So I want to show the world like, hey, this was my life. This was my story. It almost destroyed me. And I don't want anyone else having to experience this. So please, like, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything, but I'm saying, please look at what I did and here's what I'm doing now. So I got from point A to point B and I don't want anyone going through this, right? Because people are doing it every day. Like they're, I mean, I'd say millions of people are holding their phone to their head right now. And they can't, the brain cancer rate, which is the scary thing, is the fastest growing cancer in the world. It's the least funded and it's the most deathly. So it's one of those things that's on silent that no one wants to talk about. No one wants to really accept it. And you know it's kind of hidden, but everyone's people are having tumors right now, and they don't even know it.
0: Oh, exactly. Are you writing a book? I mean, obviously, you're getting on as many podcasts as you can. I, I guess what I'm saying is, we we we've yeah. got to get you in front of many people as we can, Logan, because you know, look, I, you know, I was speaking in Africa years ago, and I I had a translator, you know, and here I am with these you know leaders in Africa and very important people, and after I was done speaking this. The most important guy of this whole <laughs> leadership conference beeline to the stage. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what did I say? <laughs> and he says to me, Dr. Papa, your authority doesn't come from your years of school and knowledge. It comes from the victory God gave you. Wow, so, Logan, that's awesome. Your, your authority. And I didn't even know what he meant at the time, honestly. I, you know, now I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, he was so right. Now, your authority comes from the victory God gave you right? So you yeah, know, you don't need a schooling. You don't need to be a brain surgeon. You know, quite the opposite, as you see, right? Your authority, God gave you victory and you have great authority in this area. So the question yeah. is, what are you going to do with it? I mean, I, I don't, yeah. you're here, right? I mean, so, but my point is, is that man, we need you in front of as many people as we can. Yeah, we do. We do. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's my
2: goal. I wrote my book, you know, Thank You Cancer, just showing yeah. people how like there's a lot of things that 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 I did not talk about on here because it's I could yeah, talk we'll all day. We'll put a link
0: for your book. Let's put make sure yeah. everyone gets your book. Please buy this gentleman's book. My goodness, you know it, it, this is there's lessons learned here, and and then you can have your kids read the book.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's I, I talk about depression, loneliness, diagnosis. I mean, I mean everything, everything all up in there, and so yeah, I mean that's my book, and obviously public speaking is, my, you know my biggest dream of like if I can speak in front of. Thousands of people in one life has changed in that talk. Then, well, I I mean,
0: I want to have you at one of my seminars talking about this, right? Because stories stories tell, stories sell. You know, that's how you Mm. inspire people to change something in your life. Ah, give me figures on brain tumors and cell phones on my ears and diets, you know, blah, blah, blah. Tell the story, you change lives because people go, Oh my God, you know, this is reality now, right? I've read something about this. Now I know you know, that this is reality. So, you know, I I want you to speak to my doctors just to put fire under them. That's for sure.
2: Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And I I don't mean to scare anybody on here, but it's about $1.4 million to go through brain cancer of chemo, radiation, surgery, MRIs, everything. Um, Now, thankfully I am on my family's business insurance. My parents own a company and I'm quoted a employee. So I'm covered on that, but that is the average cost for brain cancer patients, $1.4 million.
0: Yeah. Well, look, no, you should scare people because people need, (laughs) unless they, how are we going to get cell phones off people's head unless they get scared about something? How are we going to change their diet? How are we going to get them fasting? How are we going to, you know, unless we scare them? I mean, honestly, that's the point. You know, look, I'm disciplined and I I do the things I teach and preach. You know why? Because I'm scared to death to go back to the way (laughs) when I was sick. You're scared to death Yeah, have that brain tumor start to grow, all right? I mean, so, you know, yeah, fear can be a driver, right? So Exactly. Fear can be a great driver. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, man, I, I hope uh, people get your book. You know, and you said it. You said you, know, you had times of depression. You had times that, you know, 3%ers still go through depression at times. 3%ers mm-hmm. still have fear. The 3%ers push through it because you made a decision now and I, yeah. I so appreciate that story, Lovins.
2: Yeah, you. yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you for being here and sh- sharing your story. Uh, I want to put your Instagram page here so people can s- keep hearing your inspirational messages. Uh follow you, and we'll put a link for your
1: book as well.
2: Man, thank you so much, dude. Hey, I have your book. It's amazing. It, it fits. It's so cool because it's about my story of like, okay, here's what happened, right? In Oh, and then here's fasting, right? It's like a story, and then information. It's
0: like brought together, and uh, it's perfect, man. I really, really love it. Yeah, awesome, Logan. And I, I, I just want to, I want to bring you on my, my Facebook um, or Instagram. So yeah, absolutely. uh, Actually, I'll connect you to my son Daniel, who can make that happen. You know, because what I want to do is I want people to watch this. So if we just Mm. do a little piece and get them to watch this and share this. Uh, we'll get, yeah. And we'll get the message out. So Ashley will make that happen. But Logan, thank you for being here today.
2: Man, thank you so much. Absolutely. Let's Absolutely. keep in contact. Yep. Got it. Cool. cool.
1: Well, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, which was brought to you by Fastonic Molecular Hydrogen. Please check it out at getfastonic.com. We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at cellularhealing.tv. And please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, or sharing the show with anyone who may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.